0: The Demon Dust podcast dedicated to the His Dark Materials, BBC, HBO television series based on the works of Philip Pullman is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan Second, powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. Demon Dust podcast. Uh, this ep- this episode will will be reviewing season one, episode two uh, of His Dark Materials, entitled "The Idea of North." Was that it? Yeah, "Idea of North." Yes. Uh, I am Travis Bryant, and that voice you hear is Rich Fan. We are again, as I said, back for another edition of the Demon Dust podcast. Rich, what's going on? not much looking forward to some great
1: revelations and talking about the amazing facials and awesomeness of ruth wilson
0: yes last week's uh mvp i think in a lot of ways uh could, i think she's probably going to at the end of this season it'd be right up there as like who uh who carried this season who was the who's the mvp acting wise and character wise of of this season she's going to be right there and this was another strong episode for for Ruth Wilson who plays Mrs. Coulter but as strong as her performance was uh, right up at the top I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to uh, Lord Boreal Uh, I forget his name he's got a a Uncommon name, certainly mm-hmm. uncommon in the West. Bob. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, Bob Smith. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like super interesting. Like it look like you you he you look at that name and you're like, oh, he he totally. That's definitely his name. <laughs> like if you're like, hey, if he you introduced yourself himself as, uh, you know, you know Eugene, you know Stansfield, it's just like no, like okay, Eugene, but. No, but his, this guy. I I, I now I have to have to know. I have to let you guys know what his name is so you understand. Uh, Lord Boreal. <clears> he <throat> was great on the wire. Carlo, Carlo Boreal. That's right. In the book, I can hear, I can hear Marissa Coulter. Carlo calling him Uh, and he made it obvious in this episode was it this episode or last week that they are are a thing or at least have been in the past or share an intense passion for each other
1: I think it was this one what is his name
0: Stansby if it does turn out to be like uh Okay, Lord Boreal actor. I should have just did that in the first place. Yeah. Um, Arian
1: Bakari.
0: There A, you go. Yeah. A-R-I-Y-O-N. So maybe it's, it's pronounced different than Arian, but I'm pretty sure Bakari is Bakari. Yeah, Arian Bakari. He definitely looks like an Arian Bakari. So I would give Arian Bakare the nod The MVP of the episode I thought he was spectacular Uh, They bought They bought him Into season 1 Where he doesn't fit in in the books So it's not It shouldn't be surprising That they bought some story Forward Also with him Uh, Crossing over into different worlds He's already doing it well, he should. That's but they're already showing it on screen. Is what I what I mean. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on that reveal? That was pretty sweet, and uh, I also
1: there's a comment I got to make later <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, when it pertains to choosing a daemon and stupidity. So we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. And like they said, they're going to be jumping around, but keeping the DNA of the order of the books. They're not going to be, you know, disrespectful. And I think this is a really good example of that.
0: Yeah, this doesn't hurt um, the plot. I definitely understand. He's he's so he's he's found, he has a window as we. This isn't something that we find out uh, until book two. when he's introduced and then later in book 2 it's not revealed that he is who he is and that he goes back and forth but because it's television you understand they have the John Perry issue to deal with and they just don't have 400 pages of text that they can tell that story in that they have to keep, they have to hook people and have a myst- have a mystery kind of angle, have certain certain reveals to keep people. I don't even want to make it seem like just to keep people intrigued, like just to tell a, t- a story in the medium you're you're presenting it in. And you don't, again, you don't have 400 pages. You're not doing a 20 episode, 22 episode season. You got eight episodes. You need to tell these stories. Uh, so, so having, having uh, uh, Lord Boreal cross over into will, um, cross over yeah. into another world that is our world for, for all intents and purposes uh, there was a comment why does Lord Boreal have a smartphone when it's supposed to be 1995 McFam the book, that's because the book it was written in 1995, or the, the 90s. When did the Subtle Knife come out? I think, yeah, like 97 or something. 2000. And then the last one came out in like 2003.
1: its uh, I had questions too, because I'm like a airship, iPhone 10. What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, when you saw him, when you saw the window that he crossed over through... Yeah, you didn't. When he said, when he's in the crypt, and he and he figures out the skull that they already treated and broke down, and yeah, he's like, "This you know, isn't it. This isn't Grooman. This isn't Stanislav yeah. Grumman who's also known as uh, John Perry, Joe Perry." Um, mm-hmm. it, he then goes tells his his demon, uh, "We we got a cross." And right there, I was like, "Oh my God, he's going to go to, he's coming to our world!" Like, holy crap! And he did. He, that wasn't obvious to you as a as a book reader.
1: What was that? I don't as a show watcher? I thought that was a delightful surprise, and oh, I didn't know what.
0: It was a surprise, I think, for everybody. I don't care what level of uh, yeah, but
1: you're like <laughs> you're like, what happened? Tell me what what you think about that. I, I'm like, sir. I will plead the fifth. I am not gonna have a listener give us a star because <laughs> these mofos
0: are. Yeah, Friday was like I was jarred. I didn't understand what was happening with the with the cars and you know the traffic and everything all the modern stuff. Beep beep. I'm like, y'all are what is wrong with y'all? But yeah, no, I I, I understood what was going on right away and I was like Wow, this is bringing bringing this forward is is uh, uh, so yeah so he's in boreal's in our world and he he texts the guy and uh, you know Thomas his text game is trash by the way which is very understandable you know he's definitely one finger one letter and number at a time beep boop bop beep boop send <laughs> he's not holding it thumbs, both thumbs going or even holding it with one hand one finger he's like very carefully <laughs> meticulously typing out his message because he's not from this world everything is strange but familiar because he's obviously been there He has, he's established I thought they were going to show his home because he has a home in that world but they didn't unless yeah, uh, did they, Rich? No, because they showed him getting to a car, and that was that was that was it. And he had his phone and charger, and sent his text message to Thomas. Um, and and he charged Thomas with finding uh, John Perry, Stanislaus Grumman. That's probably what I should have stuck with. Um, and he's like a man with a with a osprey is a demon is that that can't be that can't be easy to hide and but the guy thomas who's from our world has no visible demon is so excited where's your demon i want to see the demon and boreal's in no mood to be a clown show for this guy and he's like look we don't always have the need to show our demons and thomas is like hmm funny how two worlds that are so alike and so different it's only get you're only you know you seem the only one to do things for you like and you won't even like you know dance for me a little <laughs> it's really essentially what he's saying and boreal's just exasperated and he doesn't want to deal with this mouthy Thomas guy so he just lays his his hand down on Palma's hand down on the table and allows his snake demon to poke his head out out of his sleeve. And Thomas is elated, and all you can see is, <laughs> whoo, he's like breathing, and like like a giddy kid seeing some, you know seeing something special.
1: Yeah, and it was a lot of. I, I think this was a good example of seeing the wonder through the eyes of someone who appreciated it, instead of uh ah, we're doing something new, sci-fi." I think all the actors, even someone like that, is bringing an emotional weight to this that you wouldn't get typically with a lot of sci-fi.
0: I also thought he was very cold towards mm-hmm. Thomas, as I described him, kind of just being exasperated and, and different. And all and Thomas a few times had questions, like legit questions, and Boril wouldn't say, mind your business or I'm not telling you. He just was silent just didn't say anything and thomas was got the picture like okay and I, I, I don't know as far as like you know like he says you know i don't pay you to do this i pay you to get results or whatever the line was like i get it he's keeping it transactional but you should probably like this guy knows a lot about you that you can't you would not want to be exposed in any way you might be cunning and clever and smart and have resources but like he lives in that world all he needs to do is follow you one time to your window and or hire a PI or whatever like you just don't there's no need to be a scumbag to that guy don't need to like uh, give into his his every little whim and delight and be in, you know a dancing monkey for the guy but no need to show s- such obvious uh, uh content for him either. Um so we'll run into Lord Boreal a little later. Just wanted to wanted to start with him. Uh let's 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 uh <laughs> Lyra as a character in the books was a fantastic liar. Right, she was. Oh, I, I think I talked about last week. Like we didn't get to, we didn't get to see her in action. We didn't get to see her, you know, making up stories on the spot and and getting out of jams using her her cunning and wit and and lying skill. Just to be frank, and they tried in this episode to do that a few times to get that across, but they came across as she's not a good liar or at least maybe it's just with Mrs. Coulter but they didn't show her with other people being having people wrapped around her finger like sort of with the librarian in episode 1 but as far as she never she didn't really lie to him she deceived him I guess she could say into <laughs> so she could escape but she didn't have she didn't get out of a situation they didn't make it clear and obvious that that's a skill she has so when she's a bad liar to mrs coulter when mrs coulter sees through her her obvious lies it just makes Lyra look kind of silly because there were stupid things she was lying about like um living on the roof of jordan maybe that could be true but that's not canon so i i don't maybe it is maybe friday will correct me or somebody will hit me on twitter or something and but i didn't think that was uh just was, just was odd how they had Mrs. Coulter see through her li- The Rapunzel story. She's like, yeah, Lyra. I mean, Roger had. I had to pull him up by my hair, and it's like, what? First off, your hair is very like barely shoulder length, and he would have probably torn it out of the roots. <laughs> you know, like that's um, doesn't sound very, very believable, Lyra, and she got called out on it. Yeah.
1: Silver tongue is a work in progress.
0: Yes, I would uh, imagine bronze tongue. She's got she's got the she's got the tungsten tongue as of now, and you know she's got to build character and go on adventures and learn how to uh, learn how to uh, 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 you know use her talents. Did you um? Did you like Lyra through this episode?
1: I did. I also liked Pan, and I loved, absolutely loved the um, interactions between the demons with each other. Like, I think that made the episode, because CG on CG could go bad. And I know there was some criticism with the CG last week, but I think this was great.
0: Lyra did a lot of pushing buttons in this episode. Yeah, uh, with Mrs. Coulter specifically on the on the roof, they they were they were eating, and um, Lyra called Mrs. Coulter out on something, and I think flat out called her a liar. It was like, hmm, that's interesting that you would say call me that, basically acknowledging Lyra as being a liar. Uh, and as we just said not a not a good one at least not yet but lyra has a <laughs> i think what they are showing is she's a she's not only is she a. Uh, they're showing that she, her scar cunning is seeing being able to tell when someone's lying maybe not at the beginning when she's just infatuated with mrs coulter but you know she lived with her for a few weeks and in the books they really got a they got it across that she was living in london this was a this wasn't like I think in this episode, you got the idea that she was there for maybe a week, maybe two weeks. You know, they had the dress, they went and got her fitted for the dress, and then later it was, you know, ready and all, you know, the designs were all on it and everything. But it only seemed like a week or two stay in the books. It seemed like a at least a month or two stay, like where this, where the routine is what got Lyra and, and Lyra was so in the book so infatuated with that lifestyle and taking bubble baths and wearing pretty dresses and getting her hair done. And in the show she's like has it she's like, eh, it's not a lot of room in this dress. I wanna run around. In the book, Lyra embraced all that girly stuff because it was the first time she'd gotten to do it. So she wasn't resistant to uh yeah, resistant to it at all. Um, and it was pan in the books that was like you're just her pretty little pet she's got you on a leash and and it was that kind of persistent needling from pan to one day she realized and it was the day of the part the night of the party that we got to see in this episode oh crap we we got to get out of here there is no this whole you know uh finding roger thing or finding the missing children or whatever i think it, yeah i'm sure it was roger in the books as well as the rest of the kids but it was it was pretty much what we saw in this episode she realizes, but it was over the course of a few months at least multiple weeks um but they kind of jam this jam that all into a, maybe a two-week stay which again you got to understand. The medium. and But I think there's a way to, to depict in a TV show two months has passed. Yeah, that's wild. Because when they're getting a dress made, she's like, well, in a few days I'm having some friends over. So it's like, well, it's like three days, maybe a business week at most <laughs> later. So it just felt short. And they didn't have... It, it just seemed like uh, the infatuation with mrs. Coulter didn't last very long um, and the dynamic between her and pan was it's just a little different and, and again that's and that's okay that's uh, when you got 400 pages to tell a story you can you can you can dedicate it's not like in the movie where I thought and we'll see what the in the next two or three episodes her 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 dealings with Egyptians and her travels to defend um I thought in, in in the books, you know, she's with the Egyptians again at least 3 to 6 months hanging out with them. It felt like. And in the movie it felt like a weekend jaunt. She's like, "Oh, I'm hanging with the Egyptians on a on a 3-day weekend. I'm going to the fens for for, you know, Memorial Day." Yeah. Hanging out with the Egyptians. Be back my be back um, so yeah, I, I, I think uh, we'll get to see obviously with the Egyptians uh, coming up soon when she get, when she's uh, when she interacts with them. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about that apartment and that that immaculately clean apartment and ventilation system that Mrs. Coulter has. So, yeah. so there were like pipes like rattling, or at least that's what she thought. Lyra thought, and Pan would wake her up in the middle of the night, like, "Hey, would w- you hear that noise?" They would hear noise through the vent, echoes of something clanging. And at first, Lyra's like, "Just go to sleep, Pan. Like it's nothing." And um. And but it kept happening. And one night she goes to explore, and she opens Mrs. Coulter's study door, and. Her golden monkey is there but she's not she's she then calls lyra lyra and she's way down the hall and lyra's so confused like how the hell and then she as she walks up the hall the golden monkey's next to her and lyra's like whoa how are you so how are you able to be so far away from your demon and she's like what do you mean he's right here with me the whole time and she's like no he was in the study you were down the hall and she's like Gaslighting her, I don't know what you're talking about, Lyra. He's right here. You can see him, and just left her in this, this state of confusion. Like, what is the? How the? Who the? And she did the whole "You're just sleepy" kind of thing too. That you can do to kids. you you're seeing things because you're you haven't woken up fully yet. All right. So we got Lyra being gaslit by Mrs. Coulter in the hallway, who just. <laughs> Who's who just did that thing that you can do to kids? You were sleepy. You didn't. You you didn't see what you haven't woken up completely yet. You you, you don't know what you what you speak of. Your eyes I still that with adults on you. <laughs> <laughs> um. So so Lyra just just totally didn't understand. She was just dazzled and just she just didn't, she couldn't conceptualize. Even later, Pan was like, I could never be that far away from you. Like, it would hurt too much. So they, mm-hmm. so they established they established the separation hurts. Because they didn't because yeah. uh, it's a narrative thing in the books. Um, so they what I don't understand is what was the golden monkey doing in the study? Like later we find what's in the desk, and we'll talk about that in a second. But what was he doing?
1: I think they're just so good, and they know they have run of that apartment that they they're separate.
0: So he was just like, like, what was the clanging? There's still no like. Was he just sitting on the desk like?
1: He was clanging and banging. He was putting a couple of sets up, getting his lift in.
0: Yeah.
1: No, yeah. I think he was just. I think he was just being, you know nosy and knew Coulter wasn't around and you know I don't think this is a spoiler but you find over the course of the time in this dark materials there are a number of people who don't have very healthy relationships with their demon and I would say Coulter is because we never we never see a balance there or at least even in the show we haven't seen that we see a lot of just, you do something, like, it's very and we'll get to it in a minute, so I don't want to jump ahead, but you go ahead
0: so, we talked about Lyra pushing buttons she saw the golden monkey in the study and separate, she doesn't know how to process that she now, the issue on the roof the argument between her and Mrs. Coulter was about dust because this is something that I thought was uh, because Lyra will just drop things on people that, that 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 she shouldn't she shouldn't know they're talking about electrons it's like kind of a yeah. study thing or kind of a tutoring session oh electrons and all their negatively charged particles and she's like kind of like dust and Mrs. Mm. Coulter it was like excuse me a, a, a blinking guy like what 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 and she's like, yeah, they're negatively charged, but we don't know what their charge is or whatever, just kind of, some kind of scientific thing. Yeah, embarrassing just, charge, yeah. And talking out of school, and but with this air of, I know what I'm talking about when she clearly doesn't, because not a lot of people do, and certainly not some some child. Uh And under the table, and this was was something that they they bought directly from the book. Under the table, as Lyra's talking about dust, Mrs. Coulter is squeezing or pulling the hair of her of her demon, of her monkey demon, and he's. And then Lyra goes on and says something else that she shouldn't know about, has no business knowing. And Mrs. Coulter is even more enraged, but because she's so cool, calm, and collected, she would never show it on her face. And she, It's all in her her hands, and, uh, and she's wrenching on that monkey's head. And Pan, on Lyra's lap, notices, and is looking at the... Mm-hmm. and looking like... What? B- because you, you're not physically abusive to your demon. That's just... Yeah.
1: Unheard of. It's not what one does, especially... That is not
0: what one does. And the demon you would imagine would be the one like whoa like if a person saw that they'd probably be freaked out like why are you doing that but the demon who would is the receiver of this abuse It's it makes sense so when when Mrs. Coulter goes and and who told you this information you know just trying to keep her calm <laughs> Pan from her lap looks up and goes because obviously it's Asriel Right. Oh, she's talking about how. Oh, the point, the final point that, was that the Lyra start of, made. That was Silver Tongue, man. The, that yes, was like one of the first the, times on
1: TV we got to see.
0: Yeah, but to, 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 to cap off her point, Lyra goes, "Oh yeah," and it doesn't affect children. Like, boom, 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 like finger on the table, like yeah. just affirmative and strong all clap <laughs> and, emojis and, and that was probably the most painful wrench of the hair or neck that that monkey got because uh yeah and then Pan warned her like chill 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 and then she lied and was like oh yeah some some scholar passing through I just couldn't help but eavesdrop on this conversation so she got out of it and and you know got herself out of it without implicating Asriel any more than he already is but woo boy so Um. So back to the study. So it starts happening again. The the knocking in the in the middle. The, oh, I'm sorry, not the knocking. They that told that they leave.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: uh, uh. Um. Mrs. Coulter and her monkey. They go, and they don't tell Lyra. They just leave. And Lyra's like, Is she leaving? And what she does, Mrs. Coulter goes to a warehouse where all the kids are being, and Rogers there, and Billy Cost is there, and she's, and the nurse that's taking care of and watching over the kids is like, kid, children, you have a visitor, and this is where I think some of the psychology gets twisted. In the books, she was. And I guess, and Friday did kind of, kind of, I, wasn't she more of an on-the-street, she didn't throw nets over them and kidnap them herself, but she certainly did a lot of the luring. And and this is where Tony Macario's being merged with Billy Costa gets, merging them again like they did in the movie, this is where it gets a little hinky, because... Tony Macario's is a street urchin. His mom was a drunk and didn't care about him. And he ran the streets pickpocketing and stealing bread to get by because, you know, he didn't have food at home and his family was super poor. And that was how he got by. So she was able to lure him in with hot with hot chocolate and, you know, a cinnamon bun.
1: That's what they're calling it.
0: So, so you get the idea. When she does finally go to all these children to have this letter, this letter writing session that they portrayed in this episode, they think they're she's a friend to them. I I don't understand how these kids who and it was I probably thought about it in the book, and I know they're children. These kids are eight to tw- you know eight to twelve years old roughly. You're kidnapped. I don't care how sweet the lady that's talking to you is. When you see her, you shouldn't be like, "Oh, the pretty, pretty lady's here to to bring us hot chocolate and, and, and sticky buns, and to well, our, we can write our parents." It doesn't work in this in a lot in this one because Roger, eh, he's an orphan, but it's, like he has people that certainly are looking for him or should be looking for him. Billy Costa has an entire community of people looking for him. He got the streets. Uh, he got the streets on lock as far as like who's you know as far as like fam looking out for his best interest sure the others might be orphans and stuff but they didn't do a good enough job of letting you know that these kids came from nothing these are street kids that you know this isn't this life that they're living cooped up with all these other kids isn't terribly worse than they were you know the life they were living at least they don't have to worry about you know, falling asleep on the street and getting assaulted in, in various ways or where their next meal's coming from. But but these kids are but they still they gather around and they do this letter writing ceremony, this letter writing. Uh, Billy writes to his mom and she, she writes it all down and, and 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 Roger, who knows exactly who she is, goes, I don't have a family, so I'm gonna write to my friend. And he's like being, you know, snotty with her because he knows who she is, who she is, and that she's a kidnapper and a terrible person. I want to write to my friend, Dear Lyra. I'm. Guess where we're going? And guess yeah. who I'm with? <laughs> he was so sassy in that moment because he, he could be. He felt righteously indignant and and. I don't know if he thought that he, I think he obviously knew that letter was not going to get to who it was intended for and it certainly didn't because as she left that warehouse and locked those kids back in their grubby little room with that nurse she threw them in the incinerator and stood there in weird glee and uh, and watched those letters burn so but while she was doing that Lyra took the opportunity to try to find a way into that study it was locked and pan's like when do we ever let a locked door stop us and they found a way through a vent and they've they realized this is how the monkey's able to travel and separate even they can separate and this is how he gets through the apartment without being seen they've all they've he's probably been spying on us and hearing everything and watching us through the vents um so she so so she knows that she can't trust Miss Coulter. Like the all the trust is is gone, and so she's snooping and she's looking, and um. But oh, I, I missed the I, I, I skipped a crucial scene to before that. Um, was it before the when the Magisterium when Father McPhail and and the other and the other uh, church guy came to the apartment?
1: Yeah, that was pretty sweet.
0: No, but did, I I don't I forget I'm just forgetting my order, um, but I'll just stick with one part of I'll just stick with one, the, the crawling through the vents. So she she gets into the study, and she's she's opening drawers and there's schematics of, um, of a machine with yeah. a blade. And Lyra's like, is the are, is the demon is is the human and the demon in this machine? So it's like sinister. She knows this is something that they're, they're building in the north, and it's and it's mean and sinister and evil and in the music. And you know, you just get that feeling that she's looking at something that she shouldn't be. This is an added. This is an added thing. This isn't something that's uh, that's canon. This was not in the books. I have interesting feelings about it because I don't know they're just schematics. And I, do you think a twelve-year-old, a, a twelve-year-old's, 12 um, why should that be in any way sinister? I guess because the demon and the person is in it. I, I just have a hard time with the schematics. Did you? Did you find that in weird, or were you just A-OK a- okay with uh, with what she found in Mrs. Coulter's study,
1: Snoopin'? I think it was good, because remember, for the folks who haven't read, you need that visual to understand what's going on and what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I think this is yeah. one of those, like, we have to plant a seed of something, so when it happens later, again, it's just you don't have 400 pages to tell a story and yeah it's about making people go what What the heck
1: yeah that's like a full triple take like a re- for earlier it was the blank gif this is full like the meme of the dude walking down the street I
0: just I just uh, yeah I, I, I just I think I have an issue with um, just <laughs> the, the trust being shattered, because that probably is what what did it. Finding, you know, even though she doesn't know what it is, I think she knows it's it's bad. Like I said, I just thought that might have could have been done in a different way, but it's not. It was it was still fine. And I think if I'm only thinking that because I know how the story the canon goes, and right. just, this is just a change that I'm just not all in on. And I'm not that I'm tear. It doesn't ruin or change much. It's it's fine. And the and the suspense of her crawling through that vent was tremendous. Uh, because as Mrs. Coulter's coming back from that warehouse full of kids, of course, <laughs> you know it's she barely gets out of the vent, closes the thing, and runs back to her room and sits down, you know, trying to suppress the fact that she's breathing heavy. Uh, and when Mrs. Coulter and her and her monkey uh, show up, and what I what made me notice that that apartment is immaculate was the fact that I thought just naturally, oh, a dust on her dress is going to give it away. Like Mrs. Yeah. Coulter's going to notice. She's not going to say, "Hey, were you crawling through the vents?" She's just going to like know, like, okay, she might know more than. Uh, uh she's leading on. But but no, dress was immaculate because those vents were are clearly cleaned twice a week by <laughs> maybe the golden monkey. I mean he's he's in and out of those things all the time so maybe he just you know he he's uh, while he's up there he, he takes the Swiffer and uh and keeps it keeps it clean. But but now I wanna jump to the what led to the physical confrontation between Lyra and Mrs. Coulter, which was the physicality and the dialogue. Yeah. Verbatim right from the book. Different setup. You had the magisterium, you had Father McPhail and another guy showing up to Mrs. Coulter's apartment. Her saying Mrs. Coulter telling Lyra, I'm having company, stay in your room. But Lyra can't listen to instructions and passive aggressive Lyra. And she comes out of her room. She goes to the She's uh listening through the door. But anything she gets to she heard, it wasn't anything smoking gun. No nothing that would make her go <gasps> or anything. It was just kind of random conversation that you had to already know what was being talked about for for, for anything to make any sense. Um but I oh in this scene I wanted to bring up Mrs. Coulter's subtle, sneaky sexuality, how she uses it. And this was definitely one of those scenes where she locks the door behind her of her study where she's sitting in there with uh, Father McPhail, Mac- who, Will Keane, in real life, is Daphne Keane's dad. Um, and they didn't have any, any lines, any interactions. I was a little. It was just like, hi, bye. Yeah, they just walked past each other in the hallway. Uh, but when she locks the door behind her, she like puts the key in her bra, like the yeah. stores it there, like, like you know, for safekeeping. And he's kind of peak, like looking like. And then
1: she's like, You want anything? Basically, was like, Hey, like, would you see?
0: Would you like some tea? It's like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. She was like, Some
1: tea. I and
0: also, I don't drink tea. <laughs> and a feel, yeah. He's like, I don't drink tea. And she goes, Because. T is just the subtext or there's subtext to it T is just the thing that's, a, that the, that's the obvious thing and he go and she goes of course you don't because he's a priest and the you know celibate got you a, you know yeah. certainly this is not a liberal <laughs> uh, a sexually liberal. Yeah. Uh, uh, the obulation board being liberal, get out of here. Well, she is the general oblation board, but I know what you mean. But the magisterium or this, the C, the CCD, yeah. uh, uh, because in the and and oh, that was another thing. She Lira got to see all the all the machines and all those files were under the auspices of the general oblation board which she just kept seeing general ablation portrait general ablation portrait everything she didn't know what the heck that is Um, and and in the book they say it's uh, explicitly it's a it's a it's a thing Mrs. Coulter created uh, as an offshoot of the magisterium and the CCD it's just another branch but she runs it it's her idea and it's kidnapping kids to do this to do things <laughs> we'll find out later in the season what they're doing They almost <laughs> gave it away um, and so yeah so I answered my question from earlier like why you know the schematics so she needed to see general oblation board and uh, so so Father McPhail is telling her to, you know we love doing we love what you're doing but the Egyptians are on y'all ass, uh, always and hands on sight. And we'll get and we'll get to the Egyptians in just a sec. But the Egyptians are on us. Things are fine, and he was relayed this information, Father McPhail, in an earlier scene from a cardinal, and and I'm noticing a pattern that it seems the religious people have small demons. Father MacPhail has a chameleon or some kind of lizard, you know, like four inch lizard thing, demon that, you know, runs around on his shoulder and, the, and his back and stuff. Um, the cardinal had some kind of bee or wasp, you know, kind of demon. And the the, the priest guy, the other father guy that came with Father MacPhail in the, uh, To visit Mrs. Coulter who actually caught Lyra snooping and listening through the door had a a beetle like a flying beetle as a demon that crawled on his face and hung out on the guy's face which I thought was so awesome demon of the episode was that guy's demon Uh, Friday Olga thinks small demons are silly and vulnerable 5 o'clock
1: tonight boom I don't Everything think, changes.
0: I, I don't think that's the case. I don't really. Think, yeah, I mean, because people can't. I guess you're saying like, if your demon had to fight another demon, okay, if your demon is a gecko and you got Stalmaria, a snow leopard, Lord Azrael's demon, it, sure, but you could also just gecko your way out of things, like you know, you can't catch me, you stupid leopard you know like a leopard trying to right. catch a gecko isn't exactly easy especially and if you have a bird um you can fly out of somebody's demon's grasp uh, or a moth or a flying beetle like the the one priest had it's not uh, that you're vulnerable you just have different skill sets and right. a person isn't supposed to touch your demon so whether you have a lion demon or a moth person, the human on demon aspect is is void because of the great taboo.
1: Well, at some point, they're going to have to play that game of what are we doing with TV? I mean, you know, they, it's BBC, so they've done a phenomenal job of porting it over, but the yeah, when you make that decision and you're jumping in, you're like, this is my name. Here's where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Because it isn't just a name. It's not like, it's, you go several uh, layers deep, kind of like you do when you're in WITSEC.
0: Not even sure I know what that is. Uh, diplomatic
1: immunity, uh, witness security.
0: Oh, okay. Mr. State Department
1: secret spy over here. I, I, nope. I mean, that one dude got the activation code wrong, <laughs> and now he's sitting uh, with
0: his ex-girlfriend's arms, Hmm. Um, so yeah, just to finish out that scene, the the, the the other priest caught caught Lyra listening, and that made um, that made Father McFail and and um, Mrs. Coulter in the room realize someone was outside the door. They go and investigate. They have a bit of a confrontation. Uh, uh, she escorts the men out and after some stern like you will do what you know what we have to do Ms., Ms., we will sacrifice anything basically the general oblation board and you specifically is are, are not bigger than the magisterium Like, fam don't think the church won't throw you under the bus if they need to basically is what, they, what he told her and uh, so they left and then her and Lyra had uh, Mrs. Calder and Lyra had a big old confrontation she, uh, she, 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 Lyra didn't want to not have her shoulder bag over because she kept the, the alethiometer in it, which in the books was something that she kept doing. She, she kept the alethiometer on her by wearing this, you know, small purse, but she wore it with every outfit and took it everywhere with her. And Mrs. Coulter got sick of it. It's like you don't wear a purse in your house, but again, in the book, it was just because it was over the course of weeks and so this they had to kind of like condense into one outrage this one outburst mrs. Coulter's just like take that thing off you you know you, you shouldn't wear a purse in your own home and that in the book stuck with Lyra you don't that's not you don't wear something like that in your in your home and Lyra was like this isn't my home and in the book she felt she felt some kind of way when mrs coulter said this was her home and uh but it didn't resonate they didn't put it over as much in in the episode because they had their conversation and lyra was back talking and 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 uh <laughs> and mrs coulter was like really and the golden monkey took over and they had a this is where you were talking cg on cg uh the golden monkey was wearing out pantaliman who was switching who was you know transforming from you know this to that but he didn't turn into a bird and fly out of the monkey's grasp which i had a real issue with but she's a kid she don't know how to fight you know per se especially with an adult you have to understand you have to assume that an adult demon's going to be stronger than a kid's demon and have more experience fighting other demons and stuff like that right i think that's safe to assume
1: I think so, and I think the big thing for me is the look on her face. When Miss Coulter went from Lyra called her out and then you had the pause and then Lyra kept pushing and the
0: veneer was there. Yeah. As I said, she and was then, pushing buttons, boy. And then that nod. It mm, was the, Yes, it was just... Because the monkey was perched like, you know, I can, I can, he's right there, I can grab him. And she... Basically gave the okay, <laughs> and the monkey jumped, and then they started scuffling.
1: And this was the first of two essential scenes when we saw demon and demon contact, mm-hmm. or and then later we saw human demon uh, in the car. Which I we're gonna need to talk about how stupid you need to be if you choose uh, a butterfly as your like. That's, but,
0: but you uh, can't say that, Rich, because nobody chooses their demon. Yeah, you know that.
1: Listen, okay, so this is uh, you. You had your statement, and we when we were recording and preparing to record. Mm -hmm. My issue was like, okay, if it could be anything, that means like there's some idiot who's going to be not idiot in terms of like mental ability, but like some unfortunate soul who's going to be born with, like, a friggin' <laughs> mosquito and you're at a family cookout and somebody swats him and, you and you're dead. <laughs> That's all I could think about when that happened. Like, <laughs> like, okay, so the be, accidental... Like, you know, open window
0: from, yeah. like, death. Um, Yeah, I thought you were going to go the other way and go the lar- you know, because we always talk about what would it be like to have a a, a, yeah, like a ship. demon. No, 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 like if, if you got a giraffe or, a, you know, a, a damn saltwater crocodile. <laughs> you, know, yeah. how could you how could you go places and not inconvenience everyone around you? Because everyone had to get out of your way. Nobody could touch your demon, but here it is, taking up all this space. It would be, uh... It would be, it would be awkward. But yes, with a mosquito or, or something like that or... To, it's... But a but it's not because people have butterflies people have uh, bees and wasps demons and as we saw later and we'll talk about later Adele Starminster had a butterfly demon and nobody. and I think it's because just like animals can tell that another a cat demon isn't a cat it's a human the, the, the animal sees a demon as a human so that's why they know immediately so I think People would have to. That's the world they live in. You would have to know that mosquito isn't to be trifled with unless you're, you know, being a scumbag and want to smack somebody's mosquito and be like, oops. (laughs) How would that be adjudicated? How could they prove, you know, yeah, it's... uh, You'd be in court, like, day
1: 58, the estate would be, like, suing you, because obviously you couldn't, because you'd be dead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's, uh... Before we get to the Egyptians, we brought up Adele Starminster. Now, the party that... The party that, uh mrs coulter was preparing for and had lyra fitted for a new dress for is here lyra serving champagne and people are noticing like making compliments to her like oh you must be lyra mrs coulter has told me so much about you and it's just a bunch of hoity-toity stuck up people there for probably some weird fundraiser or or something like that and um the last champagne on on lyra's tray was taken by this uh this young woman with a butterfly demon and she's wants to talk to lyra and she's having a conversation with lyra's like so and it was kind of weird because why would you talk to a child like this because it seemed like she already she knew who lyra was and it, it just was it was odd some of the psychology of this conversation but in essence she's like adele didn't give her last name the captions just said adele uh but adele starminster is asking lyra like so you think it's a good strategy and i guess because she's a child she's like the best way to stay safe from the gobblers is to move in with one of them and lyra was like wait what and she's like yeah you didn't know did the general she runs she's she's the general oblation board she runs it and the initials GLB General Oblation Board and it all hits Lyra like a ton of bricks like oh my god the conversation about earlier they had a conversation Lyra and Mrs. Coulter did on the roof about um when she got super sassy with her about finding Roger where Mrs. Coulter goes oh I don't think uh i don't think roger's in london after all i don't think he ever left london uh oxford so I, and then she does this thing where she goes <laughs> people move on lyra basically uh, trying to uh, infer that she didn't infer it she said uh, oxford has moved on roger has moved on basically he wasn't missing in the first place he's back in oxford he doesn't even miss you <laughs> Just woo! It was
1: like the that most.
0: Is, like, some, she was she was gas. She had the flame. She had the gas and gaslight flamethrower out today uh, with Lyra. First with the with the monkey separation, and then with uh, with with this. Uh, so they notice. Boreal notices. Who is that woman talking to Lyra? Or, or, or i'm sorry mrs coulter asked boreal who's that and boreal's like she's a journalist I'm like what the heck does she want to talk to lyra so they realize okay something's up and by that time lyra had gotten the information and been scared crapless for, by adele starminster uh, that she was a gobbler and running the gobblers and she realized it so she's like i gotta get the heck out of here that's lyra's entire mindset now I gotta go, and Pan's like, "Hey, the lift, the elevator's unmanned and unlocked because it's you know so many guests coming and going." And she's like, "Yeah, but I can't leave without it." So she goes and grabs the the, the shoulder of the little purse with the alethiometer in it, and basically goes out of goes out of a window, and walks over on a ledge and on the po- you know like Mission Impossible Her Mission Impossible is her way out of the situation and the whole conversation they had about are you afraid of heights earlier when they were on the roof comes back because Lyra who you know as they said in episode one as Mrs. Coulter said in episode one I hear you treat Jordan's roofs like a thoroughfare so none of that the heights and stuff to her is nothing so she escaped by going down fire escapes and, and, and all kinds of stuff And in the meantime, Boreal took Adele Starminster to a private car out front and uh, squished her butterfly (laughs) demon in his hand. So there was some speculation and I'm and I'm watching for the third time now and I'm looking at Boreal's hand because some people said there was dust uh, coming from his hand. Nope. It looked like they were just both knocked out. I think they they want you to think she's dead, or I, I not want you to think. I think that was their implication that she's dead, but her demon didn't disappear. So I'm holding out hope Adele Starminster might come back in some way because I don't think she's dead.
1: Did no, you- she's definitely. I I think you're right. I think.
0: Because because when demons die, it's such a – you think she's dead. You think that's a – I think she's dead. Okay.
1: And I think that's just an affordability. Like they – to me, I feel like BBC didn't want to spend the money.
0: Uh, They they didn't um, want to spend the money on a tiny little sparkle of of smoke or dust coming from – No, they wanted it to look good because otherwise it's going to be like poof like what happened to, uh, no 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 so he has it in his hand he he, he traps it he in, crushed his, in his that hand. sucker and then he goes squish and he closes his. he makes a fist and he closes it and she she passes out or she slumps over and is presumed dead and then he opens his hand and there's the butterfly squished. But the but it's Yeah, there. but it's squished. That's what I mean. Like I don't think they wanted to explain
1: the dis like the dissolve as is as it is in the book we're, and we're when see, went more away
0: We're gonna see a ton of demons die real soon, maybe or a ton of people die and then their demons disappear when you know, because that's what it that's what happens. And we're and we're going to see them poof out of existence, and Roger even said in episode one, like, why does why do demons poof out of existence, disappear, and humans leave these nasty skeletons behind? But they didn't show the poof, and we're going to see a bunch of poof coming. It's 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 yeah. Uh, so so I'm holding out hope that Adele Starminster is alive. You heard it here for uh, first, folks. Adele Starminster is alive. Okay. Oh, and before we move off of uh, off of Lyra and Mrs. Coulter and talk about the, the Egyptians, um, the violence against your your own demon. She's only one of two characters in the entire His Dark Materials universe so far, and all the stuff that we've read that is uh, physically. Of that. Yeah, that's physically abusive. Even not as much as the second. Uh, uh, person. Yeah, the second really, really, person's a little, yeah. Yeah it's, v- yeah, it's very extreme. She's just, you know, she popped, you know, smacks it upside the head, and, you know, and when she doesn't want to show her anger on her face, she, sque- you know, squeezed its neck or, you know, pulled its hair or whatever fur. Um, but, yeah, she's still one of, only one of two people, and, and so far, she's the only person that, you know, until you get to, until you get to the Book of Dust trilogy, you don't meet anyone else. Um... So okay. Now let's talk Now about- before we move on. Oh yeah. I wanted to
1: how we I don't think we went too much. Maybe my brain shut down and I missed this part. How Miss Coulter dropped that bomb on Lyra.
0: <gasps> That's right. Thank you for not for not letting me forget this. So in their tussle in their tussle Mrs. Coulter's just letting that monkey beat up Pan Aliman and squish him and, and, and pull his ear and stuff, and she's like, and the book dialogue was right. Like I said earlier, the dialogue and the physical stuff was right there. The monkey's just wrenching back on Pan's ear, and she's like, if you continue to act to to behave in this vile, this vulgar and coarse manner, and it was just like, boom, this is book dialogue right on it. She's like, we'll be forced to have these physical confrontations, and I will win. And she's right. She's an adult. Of course, she's got way bigger and stronger and right. way more manipulative and cunning. Monkey's got grown man strength. Straight up. Um, but then Lyra goes, This isn't you. This isn't the, you know, my uncle would never stand for this. And that just sets something off in Mrs. Coulter like, Asriel's a failure as a man. And, a and she's like, And a failure as a father. And she catches herself. And the monkey immediately releases Pan. And Lyra's like, what the, what, are you saying? And then they go through this whole thing of the realization that that Azrael's Lyra's biological father. That was something Lyra did was not aware of. She thought her parents died in an airship accident. And Lyra, you know, what about where, my mother? Who's she then? And she's like, I don't know. Could have been anybody. He was a man-whore. <laughs> Had a woman, different woman, on his arm all the time. He never stayed in one place. Basically, she's trying to denigrate him in her mind. And Lyra takes the bait. And, and she's hurting, finding out some new, just new right. drastic information. She's like, he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. And she just was just in this shock. The
1: whole of, world just yeah, collapsed.
0: Just, just shattered. Um, but she's really starting to... I mean, just... In this moment, she knows she can't trust Mrs. Coulter, who she was, two weeks ago, infatuated by. And now she can't trust the only family in... Uh, yeah, uncle. She thought it was our uncle. The only family in her life. Now, granted, it's she the family's even closer, being a father, but, but still, it's uh, hard to, to hear that and, and, to, and to just be okay with it so and, and as a kid I, mean, I don't even you tell an adult something like that I don't think they, they handle it in the best way yeah um, but yes uh, thank you for, for, for that was a big reveal that was not canon um, I'd like to know I'd like to think like that part I, I thought wasn't what was my exact note uh Azrael Azrael's as the father revealed was trash so yeah I did not like it being blurted out I, I, I get Lyra is Mrs. Coulter's weakness I think someone on Twitter maybe it was in Dr. Bruce's uh, email calls her her kryptonite but I just don't think she's that uh, she's that disheveled in that moment of you know because Az- Azrael was bought up and she just loses all control and Lyra accused her about uh, of that like two minutes earlier. She's like, you were angry and you lost control. And Mrs. Coulter was like, I was not angry. She's like, yes you were and you still are. Just straight caught, again, just pushing buttons, pushing button, buttons. And that ended up getting pantalime and ch- choked out. <laughs> but, right. uh, but yeah. So, you know, they again, they have to do things and reveals have to happen and I, I think they felt the need that they needed to get that out early um yeah so on to the egyptians yes uh, sir the first thing i want to bring up is i i think i i completely botched last week i don't think it made a giant difference in the in the context of what i was saying but i thought john f was was Farder Corum and Farder Corum was John F. Last week, I did not yeah. get yeah. So when I was talking, when I was talking, the age stuff still holds. I thought you know whatever, but I think it's it works out better now. And it's like oh that's Farder Corum. Okay, that he does look older. He should. And and I just yeah, I don't know how I missed that or how I got confused last week. Um, but Farder Corum is the burly. Uh, Santa Claus-looking white guy with the big giant g- g- white beard, and John Fa is a shorter, grizzled black dude with a big old stick that he carries around. With a, I don't know what kind of demon he has. It's a got a giant beak. Oh, speaking of uh, a, a giant demons, uh, the Master of Jordan's demon is huge. Uh, he had a confrontation with Lord Boreal. Um, in, early in the episode um, and and he holds out his arm and his uh, and his demon lands on his arm and I'm just looking at the claws wrapped around his wrist and the size of that thing and his beak and his head and it was a uh, it was giant so um, but John fa and 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 Farticorum I have straightened out. But John Faw's hat cocked to the side, he's super fashionable, even in his. Or not fashionable, yeah, it's kind of whatever. But he's just super, like, cool and, like, just traditional old guy cool. He put his hat on and it's just kind of sitting on the side of his head, and it's. <laughs> I just thought he just looked super cool. And him and Ma Costa have a moment that makes me think that Billy. Might be far, might be John Foss's kid. Remember, I was like, he looks like a black kid. Like, he looks like his dad is a black guy, and it would make sense that um, that John Foss would, if that if they're a couple or if they had couplings in the past. <laughs> I hate to put it that way, uh, but I think that's what they were getting, to, trying to get across, because they had this really, really tender moment where they got really close, and I'm like, this isn't just. You know, John Fi is like the king of the Finns or, or whatever. Like this isn't just like the the the, the patriarch, the leader of the community yeah. cons- Laugh and fat. consoling, you know, this, this this grieving mother. This looks very intimate. Like they have a past, they have a history. Uh, which leads to another part that I wrote in my notes. Weak ass ma costa i understand i would not want to go through my child being kidnapped and i can imagine how it makes makes someone feel especially someone's mother but and this goes to the books because she was she didn't have to deal with her kid being kidnapped because it was tony macarios who got kid who was who they're uh, swapping in again as they did in the movie so you didn't get this grieving part of Makasa in the book, but Makasa in the book was just the sternest, unflappably like strong Egyptian woman. Um, that this this Makasa is not; she's not unflappable. How could she? Again, your son was kidnapped, and you know. Uh, but they bring they they the Egyptians, busted into a place they thought was. Where the kids were being held, and they were right. They just were hours, maybe too late. So they literally busted in, like SWAT through the windows, came up through the basement, on the roof, down the chimney, and they just found an empty, 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 um, empty place. Like people just got out of dodge, and they found Billy's sweater, his sweater vest, his green sweater vest. And and when they got the macasa, they gave it they gave it to him, they gave it to her and said, and let her know that we're obviously on excuse me, on the right path. Right. We And, and that gives her the impetus to because in episode one, she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to leave Oxford to go to London. Now that they're there and they found evidence that, that they know they're on the right trail, he had this tender moment with her like, look, we're going to, we're going to, he, he didn't say we're going to find our boy, but that's kind of how it felt.
1: Yeah, and I think that, like you said, if they're gonna go with this angle for it, it's really cool to see how they're gonna do these demons. Because you can, you, I want to see the person that neglects. I want to see the results of going into the machine. They had the the the, uh, the, the schematics for, mm-hmm. and I definitely want to see. If it's makeup, CGI, good acting, what they do to set up the kids who are with Miss Coulter.
0: You like, mean in the I, north? Once they get them into Ballvanger. Yeah. What do you mean? See, um,
1: what, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil.
0: Okay, but when you I, I get that part. But when you say CGI, what do you mean?
1: Like. Are you? Are they going to add a layer again? I don't want to. Are they going to add a layer onto them to make it seem like they're even more disheveled?
0: Okay, if you don't want to spoil, I don't want to prod. and end up making you give something away.
1: And that's when Fodkorum figured out he was pregnant. <laughs>
0: When you learn about Farticorum's uh, uh, backstory, it won't be that unfathomable. You know, some magic and some stuff involved, but
1: <laughs> uh-uh.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, all right, I think I got every. I talked about everything in 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 my uh, in in uh, that I that I wrote down, and I wanted to specifically make sure I talked about. Any, anything before we get into kind of overall thumbs up thumbs down whatever and, and emails
1: uh, no for me the biggest thing was I wanted to kind of highlight and we did Ruth Wilson in this episode and her magnificence and I feel like that's a mission accomplished
0: yeah yeah everything still so far two episodes in that they've done that's either added or non canonical I guess those same thing yeah is is working It's either really working, or it's like, okay, well, that works, and and it doesn't, it just, and it doesn't take away, at the very least, as a book reader. They're not doing something that they haven't done anything that's just egregious. Like, oh, that didn't happen, and that doesn't, that doesn't. uh, What was I saying? As as long as they're true, as long as they're true to the story, and it enhances what's canon and doesn't take away from what's canon i'm fine with adding adding stuff or or or, or bringing certain things forward like they bought book two into into this season already with Boreal crossing over into another world um, do you th- okay without spoiling spoiling it for 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 non book readers and book readers should know what i'm talking about Thomas, the guy Boreal has hired in in our world, so to speak, is he... does he... does he die? Is he who's... is he who's murdered by another major character? I think so. Instead of a police officer or a government agent or whatever it was in the book, is he... Snooping around and ah, uh, and he falls down the thing and breaks his neck. Is it is that is that who they're setting up to be that person? That's what I think. Yeah, or maybe a partner because it's probably not just him. He might has a right. he might have a, a person with him. But okay, now I want to get to an email from from Matt. He emailed a week or two ago, and I just completely forgot about him last week. Um, uh, from a man Maddie Walker in in the UK he chimes in hey guys hope this email finds you well and hopefully it's not too long bit of background I read his dark materials back in the mid 2000s and it instantly became one of my favorite book series I lived about a half hour away from Oxford he's in Aylesbury I live about a half hour away from Oxford so reading this fantasy series set in a world that I'm kind of familiar with made me fall in love with it even more I'm currently about halfway through the secret, Com- uh, secret commonwealth which I'm loving so far really excited about the show I think the cast looks incredible the only one I'm iffy on is Lin-Manuel Miranda as Lee but I think that's just because I still picture Lee as Sam Elliot having said that I'm sure Miranda will do a great job though before I continue with Matt's email if you read the original description from the books of Lee Scoresby it's way closer to Lin-Manuel Miranda than Sam Elliott so just to I know Sam Elliott was great and people, even me really <laughs> find him the perfect Lee Scoresby um, but if you just want to be if you want to be technical Sam Elliott isn't the true description. You know, he doesn't fit the true canon uh, uh, description of Lee Scoresby. So, thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, Matt continues as we're st- okay. So this was a week or so ago. As we're still a week out from the show, I thought I'd email some thoughts on things you talked about last episode. Um, so he's writing after our episode with Cassie, but before last week's episode. So he says, "I think my favorite Pullman book." Is the subtle knife? Okay, now I got to make sure he doesn't spoil anything. I love the wider world that Pullman introduces in this book, and I don't think a name is a spoiler. And Will is a really strong character. The brief stuff with his mom with his mum makes him really really relatable. Chitagazi is also a place that I cannot wait to see televised, realized in the TV show. When I listen to different podcasts and stuff, because there's a whole His Dark Materials podcast community that's so awesome and I'm so happy to be a part of, and I listen to their podcasts, whether it's the Amber podcast or the Dark Material podcast, mm-hmm. I can tell who's book who's a reader and who's an audio listener. <laughs> because all the audio listeners n- know how to pronounce everything you don't have to guess so most people say "citigazzi" because that's how it's spelled and not understanding it's a you know an italian word and cit i guess is shit uh, yeah so yeah so you run into to things like that so um, I think it was uh, I forget who I was listening to. I've listened to so much in the last <laughs> couple of weeks as far as uh, as dark materials content. But yeah, when folks say Sidigazi or um, or yes, even even the even though the guy uh, Christopher Sheen, somebody Sheen, the person that's narrating volume or, or the. The, the Book of Dust trilogy, he says, so, "Serafina Pecala and it drives me nuts. And it's like, "Fam, did you not listen to the? Uh, you know how it's, it's Serafina pekala Like they said it a million times." Or he says, "Mulefa," instead of "Mulefa." And I'm just like, buddy, you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> so I think he's a book reader. Like, come on! If you're gonna be narrating, you gotta listen. You gotta, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna get off Michael Sheen's case. Um, Matt continues. As for favorite characters not named Lyra, Yorick, or Lee, that was my stipulation. I would always ask, "Who's your favorite character not named Lyra, Yorick, or Lee?" Because, yeah, just think a little deeper. He says, "I'd have to go with Yorfor Ragnarsson." Without yes. without trying to give too much away. I know he's not a huge part of the grand scheme, but I love the idea of a character who's driven to abandon principles slash their nature by desire to be something they can never be. I think he's really he's an really interesting dude. Totally, I I'm right there with you. I talked about it in in one of these episodes about um I think it was what what scene can't they mess up like that they gotta nail it and it was the the fight with with euphor and 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 yorick that we get to they can't botch that they can't botch euphor because he was as brief as he was he was so strong he was so vital to to everything and and lyra and her interactions with him and this I mean, it's literally what got her her name. <laughs> so, so, I'm right there with you, Matt. Um, he says, question time. And apologies if you've already answered this. Have you read any of Pullman's non-HDM books? And if so, which ones do you recommend? I haven't, but considering how awesome his Dark Materials is, I really should. Anyway, guys, keep up the good work, and I look forward to hearing what you think of the show. Matt in Aylesbury, UK. Nice. And you have to say it like they say. So you can't say bury, Aylesbury. <laughs>
1: it's like hangman. <laughs> Aylesbury. It's or penelope. It's the. <laughs> I still can't the, believe Wade pronounces it penelope.
0: It's the great taboo. You know, like ugh, why can't y'all just say words right? And they'll be like, we created this language. Like, yeah, we perfected it and we didn't Um, but yeah I haven't there's a series there's a a series based on a a girl's name I don't um um Philip Pullman now everything it's going to be okay let me just go to his wikipedia obviously, all the articles and stuff, it's going to be talking about his dark material stuff. Uh, Sally Lockhart. That's her name.
1: Yeah.
0: So, a lot of people like the Sally Lockhart series. They, they say it's not as good as his dark materials, But what can be? I mean, it's, that's tough to... But they say it's really good. Um, And if I could just click on that and give a quick... Uh, okay so wow they're written in the 80s 85, 86, 90 and 94 the ruby in the smoke the shadow in the north the tiger in the well the tin princess so those are the four Sally Lockhart uh, books yeah and he's got a bunch of uh, non-series series books too you know just one one off novels of the and the like so yeah Sally Lockhart is what most people say is really good so that's something i probably want to eventually check out let me see let me first book uh, the ruby in the smoke 1985 is a novel by english author philip pullman it was also adapted for television in 06 oh it's the first of the sally lockhart quartet it's followed followed by the shadow of the, no 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 okay it's just Oh, they don't even say what it's about? Gee. Nope. Alright, but but I hear they're good, so check those out if you will. So thanks, Matt, for the email. Appreciate you. Sorry for for making you wait an extra episode, but thank you. And uh, Doc Bruce, who basically spoiled this episode for me, right? Because I didn't read the tweet where he goes, Hey, I just sent an email, but don't read it until if you haven't watched the episode. And I hadn't watched it yet, but that was a few hours. I watched it. I did get to watch it on Sunday, uh, early in the States. But I hadn't by the time I read this email. And the first line. What's good, fam? In the books, a demon disappears when either it or their human dies. The Golden Compass had demons disappear in a flash of gold dust. This leads me to my question. Did Lord Boreal kill the journalist? I was like, "Wait, what what who what?" Ah, close the email immediately cuz I I knew okay, the the party was that it's it probably happens in in this episode if he's talking about a dead journalist. So I knew he was talking about a Dell Starminster. So he says he's how she slumped, how she slumped after crushing her butterfly demon indicated to me she died, but the crumpled demon remained in Lord Boreal's hand. Oh, yeah, see, he's had the same issue I did how did you receive that scene and did I miss something yeah I mean we discussed that earlier I don't I don't know I think there's an argument for it seems like Bruce's on on my end of the spectrum like well we should have seen some kind of but definitely you can make an argument for she did <laughs> you know like ain't no coming back from that bit like she did or, or if she wasn't dead in that moment like they definitely finished her off later, <laughs> and, you know, rolled her in a car, threw in the Thames or something. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, I, I I was right there with you, uh, uh, Bruce, because it's all fresh in Bruce's head. I think in the last three four weeks, Bruce has probably watched the movie and and read. He's I don't know if he's finished the Amber Spyglass, but read up to read through the Subtle Knife for sure. Um. so yeah I think um, I think uh, that's definitely worth worth keeping an eye out I, I think she's coming back she might be in a body cast but she's coming back <laughs> yeah that would be tough now that I think about it like how did he reintroduce her Even because it's not like he just you know plucked her demon and like knocked it out or something like he's <laughs> he smooshed that little sucker <laughs> Um, okay he continues uh, Bruce does also just give Ruth Wilson all the damn awards the range she showed in the the episode plus the subtle switches in her facial demeanor were exquisite Vanessa Vanessa my partner is creep the F out by Miss Coulter (laughs) I think it was when she was in the in the in her study with Father McPhail I noticed on my second watch her when she got the news it was a some it was a part of that conversation she got some kind of he told her something in her chest like noticeably she was like breathing like i don't know if it was trying to calm herself down or she was nervous in that moment but i noticed her chest kind of heaving up and down like stay calm marissa keep your cool marissa don't snap on Father McPhail, Marissa. <laughs> she's just kind of like, you know, doing that one of those. But, yeah. Yeah, she's creepy. And I could understand being creeped out by her. Uh, he says, thanks for reading the email, as always. Look forward to our res- our wrestling discussion the rest of the week. Uh, Bruce in Seattle. Um, yeah, yeah. And again, we, we had a bit of... We had that conversation earlier. But as far as Ruth Wilson, yeah, just... <sighs> just give her all the awards season 2 is this is how I imagine at least in the states I think it's already a gigantic smash and I haven't seen the ratings for, for the British the British ratings yet or the UK ratings yet but last week you know, 7.5 million people watched that was before they took in streams and stuff so I'd like to see where that stood but this is in the states at least going to be one of those shows that once the award season hits and once all the once Ruth Wilson gets nominated for 800 things and his Dark Materials gets nominated for 800 visual awards and probably casting I don't know just all the all of them the, the main ones they might not like get like the best actor and i'm sure ruth will be in a few of those but i'm talking about the the production just but their name is going to be out there and ruth wilson's going to definitely win a bunch of stuff or certainly be nominated for a bunch of stuff so it's going to be get binged like crazy the month before season two starts and season two is going to be considerably higher rated than season one because it because word of mouth will have gotten out you know, within the the next year and streaming and stuff. We'll have, then we'll, we'll get people talking and, and, and award season come, uh, Come award season, people are going to be buzzing, and it's going to, you're just going to be hearing his dark materials, his dark materials, Ruth Wilson, uh, I, uh, uh, uh I forget his first name, I have something, Bakare and Clark Peters, and this guy getting an award, and this person getting nominated, and Daphne Keene, the Young Actor of the Year award. I'm making that up, but they're just going to get, I think, a lot of your, your Hollywood, typical Hollywood buzz after the fact and leading into season two. Um, uh, yeah, so so thanks, uh, Bruce, for the email. I appreciate you. And if you want to uh, join the likes of uh, Bruce and Matt, hit our email up at d dust podcast at gmail at gmail dot com. You can always send us a voicemail. The voicemail line, you get three unadulterated minutes to uh, to, to to ask questions, pose your comments rant and rave about the show. gush over ruth wilson for three straight minutes if you want that's that's welcome (laughs) so hit hit our voicemail line up at uh 415-787-5229 415-787-5229 so uh, unless you've got uh final word or anything rich uh Oh oh follow us at D-Dust podcast on Twitter At @ddustpodcast don't forget that so email voicemail twitter please interact with us oh 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 and I hate doing this but if you if you if you listen to us on a platform that allows it give us a rating like in an iTunes or Apple podcast I don't think Google podcast or Google Play has a ratings thing but if they do uh, Stitcher or beyond pod or wherever you listen to us if they have a ratings system give us a five-star rate or i mean if we deserve a five-star give us a five-star but give us a rating maybe write a little something in the thing it definitely helps yeah. to show uh be seen by people on various podcast pages and layouts and i and that in itunes will be you know we won't be like 17 pages deep you know, we might be on the third page if you give us uh, some good ratings and reviews. So so do all those things. Email us, tweet us, voicemail us, get, rate us and review us on your podcast, favorite podcast platform. Yeah, reach out and touch us, fam. Straight up. Rich, any uh, final words for the folks?
1: I think... I hope this second episode has pulled you in as much as we talked about the first one last week. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing where things go and hopefully... They get to explore Azrael a little bit, because I think we're going to hit some of those Game of Thrones interloles where we get a lot of character development where Lyra isn't dependent on it.
0: Well, um, unless they change, and and they could, unless they change something. And I think looking at the Wikipedia, or not the Wikipedia, the IMDB, IMDb. which can be kind of dubious. But I didn't understand when we went through that whole thing in like episode two like why isn't Asriel in more episodes and then Friday's like yeah he's not around he's there in the beginning and then he's there in the in the end I'm like oh that's right like we know where he is now and if you watch the conversation between Boreal and Father MacPhail last week in the Magisterium where he's like he's headed towards the north to continue his research hintity hint 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um so we know what happens to him and and, and when, when when he'll and, and he'll show up so um I, I I don't think we'll be seeing Asriel because that would severely alter the story if he's anywhere between episodes you know two through seven. Six yeah. at least maybe you'll see him in the penultimate, mm-hmm. penultimate episode of, of season one but um, and also now that they've bought in the other world and since I bought his name up a few minutes ago I think we might see Will in episode eight as a, as a cliffhanger as a you know I don't think we'll have to wait till season two proper to meet him to see him on screen I mean, literally it might be the final scene of episode 8 but I think we're going to see Will so yeah people with book written non-book readers are like who's Will this is the second time I heard him who's this guy why is he so important <laughs> I think you'll see you'll see uh, hopefully you'll see in about 6 weeks but maybe you'll see in a year in 6 weeks <laughs> season 2 starts yeah mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, I I think that about does it for us here this, uh, this week. I appreciate everybody listening. Um, we've got, uh, getting some good feedback from folks and I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, let us know how we're doing, what you think of us. Um, if it's bad and what you think of rich, um, yeah, five stars, just like (laughs) Uber. (laughs) Yeah. Um, except for if we get under four you know uber's like yeah if you drop below 4.75 average you know kicking you off the platform it's like good lord y'all don't account for trolls and idiots who just give their uber drivers one star just because you know they're jerks okay before we go i go off on another on a tangent Mm -hmm. all right folks thanks for listening we'll be back next week with uh Reviewing episode three of season one of His Dark Materials, and if I could, what is episode three called? Up, uh, it's not. It's not even pre- previewed yet, as coming next week. So I, I think episode four is armor. I don't remember. Maybe episode three called armor. We'll have to see. Okay, folks. Thanks for listening. we will talk to you all next time. The Demon Dust Podcast is hosted by Travis Bryant and Rich Fan II and is produced by Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast Network.